If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Eurogamer Newscast. This morning, coming at you after the Xbox Business Update podcast, which launched um, on YouTube and on podcast things last night uh we're here to talk about all of that with me as ever Eurogames trusty news team ed nightingale hello victoria kennedy hello living on hello and i'm tom phillips uh so yeah last night we listened into the podcast as phil spencer sarah bond matt booty the top triforce of gaming talent at microsoft laid out the much leaked uh, and quite honestly much already known plans to bring shock horror some games from the xbox exclusive catalog to other consoles such as playstation and switch um it was not a huge show in terms of surprises uh i think it was an interesting show in terms of how this message was communicated and uh, we didn't, you know, I don't think any of us are that shocked by any of the games which are now coming to Xbox. And we talked last week about why these games, um, why Microsoft was thinking about doing this. We got a little bit about Xbox hardware, which we'll get onto as well. Um, but yeah, just general thoughts, I guess, on the podcast and how it relayed the information that some games, without even naming the games, were coming to PlayStation. What do you guys think of how it all handled that? Can we just discuss firstly why it was a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think it's a relevant question. <laughs> yeah. Like, of, of all the sort of announcements, I mean, it could have just been an email, to be honest. But um, of, to have it as a podcast, just sort of, it just seems like a really odd choice. And I guess, um, I mean, I'll steal your point from when we were chatting before, Tom, but I think it was maybe to downplay things a little bit because yeah. for me, the whole announcement was a kind of a load of, hot air, a load of hot air and it was just downplaying it on a on a podcast rather than make a big announcement of it with videos and whatever else. It's just like, oh yeah, we're just going to have a little chat about some stuff that we're doing. And it just really downplayed it, which I guess was maybe to sort of put out the fires of fanboys screaming across the internet about xbox exclusivity which they need to just chill out about 
Are you trying to say that podcast is uh, not a medium for hard-hitting news? <laughs> of course it is. Just not expected from Xbox for something like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the podcast has existed for a while and Tina Romini's hosted it for a, a while. Um, but this being the vehicle with which they discuss this information, I think, speaks to the fact that, uh, yeah, it's not something they want to make a big song and dance about. As Phil said at the top of the show, it's not something that he expected to be making a big song and dance about mm. right now, if only for the leaks that they were. Um it was a tricky moment for Microsoft to message because typically when they announce things, they're announcing things, talking to their existing audience and their existing audience were uh, at the very least sort of, well, this isn't for me. And at the very worst, it's people, you know, screaming and ranting and shouting that Microsoft dare even consider this. So yeah, we got a podcast and it was sort of what, 30, 40 minutes long. Um, it was, yeah, it's like 25, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was pausing it and typing, so it lasted longer for me. You but... were watching on half speed, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you could type out everything. Yeah. Uh, instead of an email or a blog post or or just, um, yeah, something in in a in an Xbox developer direct, they wanted to separate it, and, I, and yeah, I think they wanted to... Um, downplay it as much as possible because we didn't just get the podcast we also got um sorry we didn't just get like the third party stuff we also got don't worry guys diablo's coming next month we'll just throw that in there that to was... sweeten the deal yeah i mean i suppose they did headline it as a business update it wasn't like a showcase announcement or anything like that so you know even the way they've titled it it was downplaying even what business I think update expecting. sounds boring yeah it does don't bother <laughs> listening to this guys <laughs> The whole thing yeah. was, it was very full of, like, business talk. It was obviously, like, pre-written, pre-scripted, most of what they said, likely, and it was full of, like... Oh, Phil Spencer oh, wrote those words. questions and said, please yeah. ask me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> like, was... It was filled with, like, all of the keywords and all of the buzz and all of the marketing spiel that kind of Microsoft has. Like, there was that one bit in it where he was like, you know, we've had all these taglines in the past, and he just read them out. Yeah, I um, I, I felt it felt more like rather than like a podcast announcement, it felt more like a kind of roundtable discussion business update. Yeah. I think, though, they should have said the games that were coming. I know that they have kind of downplayed it in the sense that, like, you know, obviously last week when everything was first thing speaking about, they were talking about, you know, like the, the rumors and leaks were like, it's going to be Starfield, it's going to be Indiana Jones. And it was all these very like big headline grabbing game names. And that's not to say that the games that we're all speculating that they will be How aren't. No, no, no. I, I love those games. <laughs> I love Sea of Thieves. Like, I am basically, like, by night I'm a pirate. But, you know, I, I think that he, it would have been better to say, like, yes, we have these four games coming. And he said, like, you know, they've been on an Xbox or Microsoft for over a year, et cetera, et cetera. Just tell us the games. I think that would have been a better thing to do last night. Mm, we all guessed so them anyway. Why yeah. didn't Microsoft name those four games on the podcast? Phil Spencer said it was to let the game teams announce them individually. And yeah, they will get four news nuggets out of those. But why not just... Why do that weird sort of halfway house where you're almost giving clues to what the games are? They've all been out for a year. Two of them are live service. It will benefit their player bases to go multi-platform. Two of them are smaller titles, first in franchises, which 
have hit their potential on PC and Xbox. It's like you're basically playing a game of Guess Who with yeah. <laughs> the first-party catalogue. And anybody who knows the first-party catalogue can narrow that down. Why not just say it? I mean, maybe he genuinely does want the individual studios to have their moment, which, you know, is nice. But I think given the sort of fires that have been essentially burning on the internet for the last week, it would have been better just to say, this is what it is. Done. Yeah, and just then, it in the bud. Yeah. And then have those individual announcements, like when we're actually closer to these games releasing on whatever platform they eventually come to. I think they, I think the current room is a Sea of Thieves. is just a PlayStation 1, if I made that up. So like these four games aren't necessarily coming to both PS5 and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's a really important point. Um, a lot of the conversation around it has been, oh, these games are coming to PlayStation and Switch. And actually, I think some of them will come to PlayStation and some of them will come to Switch and not necessarily all of them will come to both. I think that not naming the four games was a way to just... it. It's a way to uh, downplay the announcement again, downplay potential negative headlines you can't write a headline that says microsoft has announced a b and c and d for um pc uh, for playstation and switch because they haven't done that um it dilutes the shock of this that you get sort of four smaller things and who honestly cares if pentiment goes on switch at this point right like i think that will look great on a little oled screen i'm yeah yeah we actually haven't named them so we should say pentiment grounded sea of thieves and hi-fi rush are the four um and it was really interesting as well to see the fact that um tom warren at the verge and stephen totillo at Gamefile both got um the opportunity to talk to phil spencer ahead of the podcast being recorded and although they knew that those four games wouldn't be announced in the podcast um and they there's nothing that you know no point in their interviews um do they get those four games identified by phil spencer both of those journalists could say that they understood those Mm. were the four games and it's like well to me that suggests that you know you've heard off the record or on background that those are the things and that this is just another part of microsoft getting that message out there softly softly it's like a soft launch you know you you want to get this information out there you want to test the waters. You want to see people's reaction. You don't want to go full in straight away. So you see it to some journalists um, and you don't say it all at once yourself. And then by the time that Microsoft does announce that Pentiment is coming to Switch, it's even less of a story than it would have been to start off with because that information has already been circulating. I know that last night they were sort of speaking in quite general terms of like four coming to other platforms this year i think they said do we have any idea from other sources or anything about when these might be releasing like it's not going to be like awful games coming in one chunk do you think it'll be like one first and a couple of months later the second one will come no we don't i think the suggestion previous was that see if these was maybe a bit later and hi-fi rush was sooner i mean it's already teasing switch and playstation through in-game t-shirts, t-shirts right yeah. i think i would not be surprised to see hi-fi rush turning up on other platforms relatively soon um but when exactly we'll just have to wait and see for microsoft to to make those announcements i guess those community games 
there's a bit more complexity to it because they talked a lot about cross-platform play, cross-progression, mm. all those sorts of things. So I'm guessing there's a bit more complexity around those, um, whereas the others are sort of fairly short single-player games, which by comparison, I presume, not being a developer, that they are slightly easier to port over. Yeah. And, and yeah, none of this is just flicking a switch, but you're absolutely right. Sea of Thieves uh, and Grounded will be more difficult if Microsoft wants to ensure that cross-platform, multiplayer, progression, cloud saves, all of that works as people would expect it to work. And it's really important that it does work as it's expected to work because these games will get analyzed as the first... Well, Minecraft exists already, right? And Minecraft Legends and Minecraft Dungeons. But these games really are the start of this brand new push. So I think Microsoft will want to get it right. Microsoft... um, Phil Spencer said last night, actually, that another reason to do this is that these sort of advertise the Xbox platform on other consoles. And so they will want to make sure that they do a good job with these because people will want to, oh, look, it's seamless. You know, I'm playing with my friend who's been playing for a year on Xbox and Sea of Thieves and it all works fine. Isn't that great? Oh, that's that's and that's part of the Xbox promise, right? As they were going through that list of stuff that they were saying, well, what is Xbox if we're going to be putting our, some of our games on other consoles? It's Game Pass and it's uh, cloud saves and um, progression and all of this working across devices seamlessly. Um, it wants to boast that too. Um, I did think it was quite significant that they did say Game Pass will still remain an Xbox consoles deal. So they were really emphasizing that even if we do put games on other platforms, this is very much where you want to be for that deal. Like they, they've, they've not said that they're going to open up anything else wider. Well, then he's giving yeah. people a reason to buy an Xbox and Game Pass is the reason for that. Um, yeah. You know, yes, we're going to open up our games elsewhere, but if you want to be the first to play them, you need to get an Xbox, which I think yeah. is totally fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think at this point, how long has Game Pass been around? Like Since before years? time began. I'm actually not sure. Yeah, four or five years, maybe? Yeah. Uh, early on, I think there were suggestions that Microsoft would quite like Game Pass to launch on Switch and on PlayStation. After all this time, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened. Uh, And I'm sure Microsoft would love for Game Pass to be on PlayStation and Switch because it would then open up subscription revenues to huge new audiences. But by this point, if it was going to happen, it would have happened. So Microsoft can say, oh, actually, we, we we can now claim this as a point of differentiation. And it is because Sea of Thieves will cost, what, £60 on PlayStation whereas it's just part of your subscription on Xbox. So that will always be the case with first-party stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you think then, just while we're on Game Pass, about the announcement that Diablo 4 is going to be a Game Pass game, and it's the first Activision Blizzard game to be making that jump? It's a big game. It's a big name. It's popular. Um, So I'm not... I think it's a a good addition. I guess it's also a live service game, so they can still make some money off on microtransactions um, on top of, you know, getting people in there to play Diablo. Um, I still think we're a long way away from 
more Activision Blizzard games, exclusive games anyway, uh, being on Xbox. So in terms of new games. So I think having that as the, their sort of biggest release that generally was considered fairly well uh, by most people, I'd say that's a pretty decent addition. The number of people who will buy that game at full price uh, now after X number of months is probably pretty low. Um, now it's all about growing the player base as they launch into second season, third season, and as Ed said, it's a live service, so it has an in-game store, it has a battle pass, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect game to bring to Game Pass and get people paying and playing. My first thought when she said Diablo 4 was, oh, that's quite clever because it's a free game on Game Pass if you pay for the subscription, but they're still going to be able to make money off it because of that live service aspect. I mean, yeah, you can play it completely without that, as I did. I did not touch the battle pass. I haven't gone back for seasons. I did the basic story, and now you can do that as part of a subscription, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still it's still worth worth playing through. Um, yes, is what did you all think of Phil Spencer's comments on the future of games coming to other platforms beyond? these four were you convinced that this is going to be it did you think that that's what he was saying or was he very obviously leaving the door open to more in future i think he was very obviously leaving the door open while not committing himself to anything so i mean it's like liv said it was all very business speak like he said a lot of the kind of key buzzwords etc but also didn't really not not tell us anything but there was no like commitment one way or the other which is fair again, as we've already said, like they were really trying to downplay this whole podcast situation. So, yeah, I think it's in some ways maybe a bit of a test case, but equally, they've already released games on other platforms. You know, we had Cuphead and Ori that are already available on Switch and have been for years. Um, so, it's not like this is the first time we're suddenly getting games on other platforms. Mm. Um, I'm sure those those were sort of test cases to an extent. Oh, and so too. As I say. Yeah. So it's not the first thing, which is why also this blew way out of proportion, um, because people started throwing Starfield around, and had that not been part of the conversation, people probably would have been less bothered. Um, I, I I'm sure they'll start bringing things to other platforms bigger and bigger. I think they sort of mentioned things like uh, Fortnite being, you know bigger than than platform owners and i think that that's clearly the sort of ambition that they have for their live service games Mm -hmm. um so sea of thieves grounded they want to put that everywhere that they can to just make those big platforms in themselves so i can see why they want to do that um whether they have enough of their sort of slightly mid-sized exclusive single player games like hi-fi rush or pentiment do they have enough of those to put elsewhere? Maybe not. Um, well, no, I mean, they don't. And they've got, you know, then I don't think they're going to start putting Halo and Starfield on other platforms because they are the big Microsoft exclusives and then people really will kick up a fuss. I think people are slightly less bothered by the the slightly smaller games, um, but that allows them to make a bit more money out of those, which is fine. I've seen so yeah. many gifts going around yesterday of people like, 
sharing like which one are we going to share and it's like one of them was putting the xbox in the bin the other one was them taking the xbox out of the bin they're going to decide tonight or yesterday obviously which one they're going to use and i think the general consensus is after what was shown or shared last night is actually yeah we're okay it's fine we really overreacted last week massively <laughs> well if that's the response that people are giving to this now and then i think job done by microsoft and i think it's worth saying that the reason that people were talking about starfield and indiana jones wasn't that uh, necessarily wasn't that these people were wrong about Microsoft's plans. It's that the plans that we eventually saw announced officially to the public did not include them. And I'd be very interested to hear what those plans might have looked like if Microsoft employees hadn't apparently leaked them to the press and everyone got upset. And then we got this quite conservative, cautious, soft launch of all of this that we saw announced last night. Um, Microsoft didn't really pen itself in or, you know, write anything in stone about its plans beyond these four. I think the only thing that I would flag as interesting was Phil Spencer made the point talking about these four that they were all over a year old. And I wonder if that's them suggesting that this is going to be a criteria um, mm. for how they see things in future. So, yeah, like starfield not coming to playstation now but in another 12 months once it's been out for longer perhaps that decision will be revisited and we'll hear about starfield coming to playstation again um and honestly by that point i think fewer people well few people will care they've got an expansion to bring out maybe it's in line with that or maybe they want to get the expansion first and then playstation after that that was always the the uh, suggestion, wasn't it? That it was going to be something after the expansion. Um... It's also quite similar to how Sony does PlayStation Plus in that they don't put their games day one in PlayStation Plus, but generally after about a year, they're like, go on, we'll add it to the subscription service. Mm. It's almost like what Microsoft are doing, except sort of broader in terms of we'll put it on Game Pass day one and then a year later, we'll spread it elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like a year is sort of the, is that the sort of general life of a game initially? I suppose if you are going to play a game, you will have played it in that year. Like if you're really excited about playing a game, you will have got it within that time frame. I was going to say, I've got a backlog with games from years ago, so it doesn't always, <laughs> doesn't always work. Certainly the first year is when it's, you know, the, that's when the bulk of sales will come. And, you know, we were talking about this with Alan Wake sales right now yes eventually they will i'm sure alan wake 2 will pass controls four million sales point but sales in the third year of a game's life do not equate to as much revenue as sales in the first year of a game's life because games get discounted relatively quickly um they lose value by being put in subscriptions and things and yeah there comes a point where Microsoft just isn't seeing a lot of money from new copies of Starfield being sold on Xbox and PC. So it becomes much easier to then say, yep, now is the time to put it on PlayStation. Um, even with those initial reports, it was that it was going to come after the expansion because you would probably see another uptick in new copies of Starfield being sold when the expansion is released. They'll want to get that out of the way first to then say okay now it's about the other audiences beyond xbox it's about playstation mm -hmm. maybe switch too 
Who knows? <laughs> um, speaking of new hardware, we did get uh, in the sandwich of good and bad news last night alongside Diablo, we also got mention of um, new Xbox consoles in the form of something launching this holiday and then a little tease about uh, the next gen Xbox, which we're not expecting for another few years at least. Um, years, I think last leak said 28. Yes. What did you think about the fact that they talked about all of that? So um, Xbox handheld for Christmas, right? That's what I was going to say. I think it's going to be a handheld for Christmas. <laughs> that would be great. Genuinely what I was actually thinking when they said that. Be a, I am. Be a race. <laughs> Switch 2 versus Xbox handhelds, which handheld launches first? I think if they have a handheld, it will just be a sort of cloud Game Pass device. Oh, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, or at least if they are thinking about a handheld, I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing some development on it. Whether that actually comes to anything, I don't know. But I'd, I'm not surprised that they might be considering it. I mean, Phil Spencer has said in the past that they have done rough designs of some kind of handheld device for Xbox, and that like he said that in like twenty sixteen or seventeen or something. Yes. Also, every interview Phil Spencer does, he will not shut up about his rog ally that he takes everywhere and really, really loves. <laughs> uh, he talked about it with Eurogamer at Gamescom last year. He talked about it basically in every other interview. He was talking about it last night in the interviews that went up then. He really loves handhelds. He has been spotted recently persistently liking tweets from people saying, wouldn't it be great if there was an Xbox handheld? I'm sure they're doing some exploratory work. Whether we see that in time for this Christmas, whether they can get that specced out and manufactured and shipped, uh, that seems ambitious. Maybe uh, they're just buying Asus. <laughs> Maybe they're just buying a Switch <laughs> 2 and then putting a sticky label over the Nintendo and just having Xbox instead, and then when you, you turn it on, it's like it would come in handy. <laughs> the X Switch. Yep, that's, that's quite good actually. Do, do we? <laughs> no. Do we think it will be a handheld then, or is it just a sort of mid-gen refresh, or just a little redesign of the existing X and S? I mean, I mean, we know from the leaks last year yeah. that in 2022, the plan for this year was a slightly redesigned control. controller and. Adorably digital, as you just said, Liv. Yeah, uh, Series X and uh, Series S refresh. But we also know that when those leaks happened, Phil Spencer said that we look forward to showing you the actual plans in 24. And I think the way that they're talking about them, and this is just complete speculation for me, but I think they know that going all digital while at the same time going on about preservation they mentioned preservation last night would be unpopular the, the simplest thing for them to do to get around all of that is just to sell a disk drive add-on that either sticks into the console or sits alongside it and then you just just like sony just like sony although hopefully not still as large as the playstation slim, slim. and not with a 30 quid stand or however much it is Oh gosh, yeah. And that yeah. little kickstand so you can put on its side just looks cheap. But that's a different conversation. So. <laughs> um, I think to go for your 
to your other point about like the next console and you know they're talking about it being the biggest generational leap ever which i'll believe when i see it um i think for me one of the things that struck me about well i mean the whole thing really there, there were two announcements there's four games coming there's diablo there you go but there was a load of other hot air which ultimately for me amounted more around long-term plans for xbox which is trying to assure people that like don't worry we're not going anywhere we're not but doing a seemed... sega yeah exactly we're not doing a sega but it seemed very focused around long-term goals around leading towards the next generation you know they talk about activision blizzard and as i said before like it takes a long time for games to be made these days so i don't think we're going to see a lot out of them in terms of new games until the next xbox series yz or whatever it's going to be called um so i don't think we're going to get much out of them apart from maybe some catalog games on game pass um they're talking about this new console. Like, don't worry, we're still working on the next one, which is going to be whatever that will be. Um, they talked. They kept using the word investing. Like, you're investing in Xbox. You're investing in the catalogue, which I also don't believe because then every month they take stuff off Game Pass. So you're not keeping stuff on there. Um, but they kept talking about investing in the future. And I just kind of got the sense that, yes, they're trying to reassure people, but also a bit of a sense of they sort of know they're in third place at the moment. And it's kind of like, okay, this this generation is a bit of a kind of exploratory, expansive, let's broaden out our audience a little bit for a while. And then we're going to come in guns blazing with the next one with, you know, Elder Scrolls 6 day and date next console. And then they will have some really good stuff for us. But for the moment, it seems all a bit tentative and exploratory and a bit wishy-washy. Mm. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> No, 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 I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I think, yeah. 10 out of 10, what you said. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone at Microsoft right now thinks that the the percentage between PlayStation and Xbox and market share this generation is really going to change that much. Uh, we are at the midpoint, right? Consoles came out in 2020. We're expecting the next ones in 2028. Somehow we've reached 2024 and we're seeing the mid-gen refreshes. Um, PlayStation rumored to have a PS5 Pro out this year as well. So yeah, as they look into the back half of this gen, I think that's, this is, this is their play, isn't it? Like this is their play to grow the Xbox market and the market that they sell games to, um, because they know that Xbox hardware numbers are not going to change too much in terms of that console um, percentage. They want to sell to PlayStation and Switch audiences as well, and then hopefully go big with the next console. It's quite a claim, the biggest console generational leap ever. What will that look like? I mean, I'm not Digital Foundry, but I'm like, how do you beat 2D to 3D or like <laughs> SD to HD? Unless yeah. they've got some revolutionary idea that no one else has thought of. Oh, it'll but... be like in Star Wars, we had the holograms talking to you on little podiums. <laughs> or, or are they making a VR headset that will go well, the way of, of Kinect? <laughs> that feels possibly more realistic than what I just said. <laughs> but maybe. That's, that's probably a surefire way to flop next next generation what star wars yeah no no no, no. vr vr, oh, VR. <laughs> it's the return of connect 
No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, right. Well, oh. we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what they announce. Victoria, sorry. Cut my one off. quick point: Were you a little bit surprised by how much Game Pass numbers have grown in the years since it was last announced? Um, it's been two years since we last heard Game Pass numbers. And I think, what are we up to, like 30? That's 34, wasn't it? 34 now, and we're on 22 in January 2022, uh, if I remember correctly, but I might not be remembering correctly. Yeah, it's a, it's a good leap, but it's been two years. Um, Microsoft made the point, didn't they, last night, that um, a lot of that growth now is on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, PC launched later than console game pass um and pc really is just an ocean of users compared to the xbox consoles which um only so many people are going to buy a a xbox piece of hardware um and pc is where they see the big growth in the future and hopefully mobile right when they launch their mobile store whenever that happens i wasn't that surprised by the number um it's it's a solid number, but that also has been Microsoft's main selling point for its consoles, really, for for such a long time. It's Game Pass, you know. Uh, everyone talks like the biggest selling point I think for Xbox is the strength of Game Pass. So you would hope that it had grown. Um, I'm sure, Starfield helped to so much focus. Ooh, yeah, man. yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually hadn't realised we hadn't heard numbers for two years. Because we also haven't heard PS Plus's numbers for at least a year. Because Sony are keeping quite quiet about that. And I think maybe they're worried about lack of growth there. Which sort of, firstly, is like both companies are talking about lack of growth in their subscription services. Which is a bit of a question mark. But I also wonder if now Xbox have said that, will Sony come out with a number if they've trumped it? Yeah. Only if they've trumped it. Well, exactly. And if they haven't, then will they stay quiet? The narrative has been that subscription services, the take-up for them has slowed a lot. Um, I would love to see that graph because Sarah Bond last night said console is at its highest ever, PC is at its highest ever. But, like, is that because it's gone like... And then, you know, it's slowly going up now but only slowly after like quite a big shoot vertically upwards to start off with. Um, I would love to see the graph of those and how much is, how much the number is really going up month over month. Um, We just don't know. It's good that it's still growing. I mean, you'd hope it would be because Microsoft is spending so much money on it and it is a big part of their marketing every month when big games get put in it. Anyway, um, yeah, join us next week when maybe I'll have announced one of those four games and we can gasp in horror and shock as Grounded gets announced for PlayStation. Who'd have shocked? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, it's much appreciated. Until next time, Ed, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights. And Victoria? I am at Little Chop Shop Gal. And Liv. You can find me at Just Cast Holy. 
and I am at Tom Phillips CG. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. See you then. Bye bye.